0: Hi there, people, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Nicholas Comics Q&A. Now, on the last episode, my mic was a little bit spotty. I think I need to get a new microphone, but um, I've kind of stabilized it, and I got a failsafe in place to make sure that it's not all crackly so you can hear this nice, clean, crisp audio right off the bat. So that said... Uh, Kip isn't gonna be on this episode or any episode anytime soon. He's like, oh no, all you want is attention. This seems to be the, uh, of he, he's going with, so. Uh, no Kip this week. No Kip, uh, any of the successive weeks. And I'm definitely not going to unban Womi, no matter how much you might want that. Because, uh, he's, 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 he's a condescending prick. But that said... Uh, yeah, Kip Kip seems to believe that all I want is attention. In Reality, I wanted to invite him on here so he could explain himself and come off as less as, uh, less of a cringe lord. But I suppose that's just the impression he wants to give off. Um, I, I, you know, it, it it's it's some it's a strange mindset he goes with. He's like pro-monarchist, uh, you know. I don't know what it is about any time you're like, hey, it's not the best thing that, that Britain has a king and, and and queen system. People will be like, oh, you racist, you you hate British culture. And it's like, no, British culture's okay. And, like, if they abolish the monarchy, there'd still be British culture. They just wouldn't be uh, a monarchy. You know, because democracy is, is, like, favorable. But... For whatever reason, that's the hill Kippy has decided to die on, as well as his, uh, strange defense of the cartoon show Inside Job, which I guess, um, will never get an answer as to why he prefers it so much. Uh, he, he really is full of nonsense in, in all the strangest ways, like, for instance, uh, I, I, I post a song in the server uh, of the, uh, all-female rock band X-Hex, and he's like, gay and i'm like how is this gay i don't think any of them were lesbians they might be but it's not it's not a particularly gay song and he's like well it's a non sequitur it it, it 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 it's not supposed to make sense and i think that's kind of the approach kip always takes he always uh, has these little non sequiturs which you know there's better non sequiturs than just calling everything gay Um, Like, for instance, my paintings are a pretty good example of how to do a non-sequitur, right? Like the one where uh, Hannibal Lecter is in front of the Walmart. It doesn't really make any sense, but uh, it's very funny. You know, but just calling something gay, uh, if it's not gay, that doesn't really make any sense. And, uh, you know, Kip is fond of calling things hipster, uh, even if they're not particularly hipster, like... I've been called a hipster before, quite a bit, uh, just because I, I, I use tapes and VHS and whatnot. I feel like vinyl is more a hipster thing, uh, b- but like being a hipster is a very like uh, well-defined lifestyle and culture and like movement and everything. Uh, and I, I, wouldn't say I, I'm I, I could be categorized as a hipster. Um, even remotely. I mean, I've I've been to the the local hipster district here in Denver, and uh, you know, I mean, there are some committed hipsters out there who like really dedicate themselves to the to the cold brew, fricking you know, uh, beach beach house, slow dive lifestyle, or whatever. <laughs> It's durian. It, like my opinions aren't that crazy. I just don't like Rick and Morty, and I'm sure there's plenty of other people who don't like Rick and Morty. You know, one thing that I think uh, is kind of interesting is how little people tend to like, uh, you know, criticize the uh, the the big the big TV stations and the big media conglomerates. Back in the '80s, when MTV came out, you know, everyone likes the classic MTV with like Billie Jean. Music video, and the flippin', you know, all the classics, Mexican radio, whatever. Fun music videos, right? But MTV was heavily scrutinized by, like, the punk scene and everything. And you have that song by, uh, the Dead Kennedys, MTV Get Off The Air, which is basically just, like, this giant piss take on MTV, and how, like, uh, you know, consumerist they are, and how much they destroy the integrity of music, and I wouldn't agree with that, especially. I wouldn't, especially, agree with Jello Biafra in that sentiment because, like, you know, they're just music videos. And, like, without MTV, music videos probably wouldn't be that popular a medium. They definitely did exist prior to uh, MTV. Like, uh, The Residents had a, had a music video for their song um, uh, from Vileness Fats, and uh, Kenneth Anger did one called Puce Moment. But, they probably wouldn't be that popular without MTV. I really have nothing against early MTV. I do think the nostalgia for it is annoying. Like when people are like, Oh, MTV used to be so great. MTV used to have music videos, and now all they have is... is... ridiculousness, and... and, uh... What's the other one? The Hills and Laguna Beach. I don't think they have Laguna Beach anymore. I remember... Having a DVD of Laguna Beach once, and I thought it was just like the weirdest show. That shit is weird. Anyway, um, but that's the common sentiment, right? Which isn't true. Like, like, you can turn on MTV today, and you'll still probably see a, an occasional music video every now and then. They play them like commercials. But, like, you know, I think the nostalgia for it is a little annoying. Back in the day, there was this giant backlash against uh, MTV, uh, especially among, you know, like I said, punk and whatnot. And so, like, I'm surprised there isn't that for Adult Swim, because it seems like Adult Swim is even more like, uh, you know, joyless and without integrity and without, like, actual uh, artistic merit. It's just a bunch of Californian doofuses putting together these rushed, Garbage schlum jobs, and, uh, I mean, they're they're terrible, most of them. They're, like, really bad. I I can't say there's been anything on on Adult Swim in the past, like, decade that I would say is worth watching. Unless you just want to see Alan Resnick banter on about the fucking Uncanny Valley for, like, 20 minutes straight, like it's the most amazing and new idea you've ever heard. Even though it's absolutely not. It's so repetitive. It's crazy to see this, this bit where Alan Resnick's like, "If you heard of this thing called the Uncanny Valley? I bet you haven't heard of it. Because I'm Alan Resnick, bitch. You know, it's really annoying. And, uh... You know, like... Aqua Teen Hunger Force looks okay. Harvey Birdman looks decent. That's because they're like cartoons. And it's supposed to be the Cartoon Network. And I think those shows are a, a huge improvement over, like, Gramps and, like, Courage the Cowardly Dog and Dexter's Laboratory and all the other terrible uh, original programming Cartoon Network had in its early days. On the other hand, though, I think that uh, Adult Swim is really devolved into, like, a, a big, fat, whopping nothing burger. It's one of the least artistically interesting, uh, projects that you can possibly view at any time. I would blame part of this on Rick and Morty because, of course, you know, Rick and Morty is a really long-running show that's, like, permeated pop culture to the point where it's not counterculture anymore. It is the mainstream, which, it's, it's kind of antithetical to the point of having an edgy, you know, animation block. MTV, funnily enough, had the exact same thing with Liquid Television, which is 100%, you know, more provocative, a thousand times more provocative and uh, funny and edgy and interesting. Um, they, they tried that, some animation, you know, and like Beavis and Butthead and everything, the classics. But now, you know, with Adult Swim, having Rick and Morty is like their biggest cash cow I think they've really devolved into, like, not having a shred of of originality in there. And, uh... You know, so I want to see, like, a... I want to see a song that's, like, anti-Adult Swim, the same way that Dead Kennedys just shit on MTV. You know, because I'm not particularly anti-MTV or anything. You know, much better network than Adult Swim, by far. But, uh, you know, if, uh... If the Dead Kennedys are going to rag on MTV in the 80s, it's time to start shitting on Adult Swim here in the 2020s, because, like, I'm sick of Adult Swim. I'm so fucking sick of it. Time to make some songs about how terrible Adult Swim is as a programming block. It's ridiculously bad. Uh, one of the last memes Kip posted was about... Uh, it was about the the new Adult Swim show, Smiling Friends. It seems like every, every couple of... Like, every, every year, there's one new Adult Swim cartoon that just, like, is on every meme and plastered all over everything. And, uh, man, I'm sick of that. I'm so sick of it. But with Smiling Friends, it seems like the approach is to look like one of those uh, Little men and Mrs. Miss, or whatever those, like, children's books are called with the little glob people who teach you about manners. But these ones are edgy. These ones are hardcore. These ones go places you wouldn't believe, man. Oh, this shit gets dark. You know, and I- I'm really sick of this, like, you know, this, uh, uh, Rick and Morty doesn't particularly indulge in this, but I am really... Really fucking sick of this stupid, overused idea where it's like, "Oh, this cartoon looks innocent, but wait until you see how dark and fucking, uh, you know, edgy it is. How how like it's so freaking. Oh, it's too mature for for toddlers. It has the, it has the angry jokes, and you know, it's just like." If you're gonna make, uh, an animated thing aimed at an above 18 age bracket, just don't make it look, have the aesthetic of a kid's show or anything. Just make it cool and like, you know, mature and, and like, dark and deep. Um, that's what one of my favorite cartoons ever does. Bell Dawn of Sadness. I think I've mentioned it before. Um, I guess, I guess it qualifies. I guess it counts as an anime. Although the whole time I was watching it, I thought it was French, you know, because it's set in France. But on the other hand, the the language didn't sound like French, so I was kind of like, "That's Japanese, right?" But the, you know, it's set in France. But um, like Belladonna of Sadness, it's a cartoon, but it has it has an aesthetic that's kind of like you know, um, it, it doesn't look like a, a a Disney movie. It's like you know. Dark and edgy, but it 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 earns that because it looks like it's supposed to be that way You know, it's not like oh, you've never seen dr. Seuss characters say the f-word before This is going to this is going to shake you up, man, you know um, It's just a really boring formula that I see repeated like again and again and again and I think this might be why like Ralph Bakshi's early work like um Heavy traffic is seen in a more favorable light than his later stuff like Cool World because Cool World tries too hard to be, like, edgy and, you know, it's it's somewhat less authentic. I think Cool World is, is for what it's worth, a, a decent movie, way better than Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's, like, a thousand times better than that, and Brad Pitt's good and Kim Basinger's good. But, uh, you know, I mean, obviously a Ralph Bakshi movie is leagues above fucking Rick and Morty. There are plenty of examples of decent animation out there. Um, uh, like, I- I'm, not, I'm not even, like, I don't even have that high of standards, you know? Beavis and Butthead, the Beavis and Butthead movie, that shit's hilarious. It's got Demi Moore, it's got Bruce Willis, it's a flippin' laugh riot. It's really funny. Most of the Mike Judge stuff is pretty funny and, and like, very good. But uh, I draw the line at Rick and Morty and, like, Spongebob. I cannot handle these annoying fucking characters with their nails-on-a-chalkboard voices. It is insipid, and, uh, like, I am so sick of it. Uh, So that said... You know, I'm surprised there isn't more backlash against Adult Swim because they seriously make like the worst cartoons. They make like the most the most garbage imaginable. Like, like I don't even know. And and it seems like Rick and Morty is finally starting to be viewed through a, through the uh, through like a critical lens instead of being seen as this untouch untouchable cultural phenomenon. You know, it's my my job as a cynic to tear down any institution that is you know inadequate um and I have been a long spoken you know outspoken uh adversary of of Rick and Morty and this whole like fucking cringe carnival that's been going on for the past decade uh it's got to stop you know eventually people have got to like wake up and be like. Okay, let's move on from this fucking back-to-the-future rip-off shit already. I looked on Wikipedia, and I guess the reason Rick and Morty sucks so much is because it's influenced by, uh, Doctor Who and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which makes sense, because those are, like, the worst... Um, I, I would go so far as to say those are the two worst science fiction things ever made. You know, those are, like, the two worst science fiction things. Two worst, sci- two worst sci-fi franchises of all time. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy especially, because it's like, what if the aliens had a, had an alcohol and it's called a pangalactic gargle blaster? What if that, right? Like, Douglas Adams seems to think it's funny to just make aliens do things that humans do, like... Did you know that the aliens have a guide to the galaxy? They use, like, how we have a hitchhiker's guide to Minneapolis or whatever. They have a, a guide to outer space. Ha ha ha. You know. Like, it's so lame and stupid and fucking garbage. And, um, uh, I've shared my thoughts about Doctor Who before. You know, there was a time when, like, British science fiction was really competent. H.G. Wells. He's British. And he's like the inventor of science fiction. Some people say it's Jules Verne, but I have to give H.G. Wells credit. Like, his, his novels are unmistakably science fiction, and they're all really good. But that was a hundred years ago, you know. Uh, all, the, all the good British literature, H.G. Wells and Sherlock Holmes and, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, I've read all of it, but um, that was a hundred years ago. You know, back then, it was kind of more acceptable to have, like, a monarchy, because, you know, we we hadn't really seen the terrifying consequences of fascism and nationalism yet, you know, as pre-World War Two. But, like, now Britain needs to seriously get their shit together, get their act up, and, like, j- change, you know, how th- their governing body functions somehow, because... It's on a collision course with the train wreck, and part of that is that they worship Doctor Who. Uh, Doctor Who is, like, the stupidest shit. It's-it's science fiction for people who, like, don't care about science fiction, I guess, who... ...were just like, oh, science fiction is nothing but robots and shooting and-and, like... It-it's so sad, cause, like, Star Trek... You know, that shit's from the 60s, and it's so, like, ahead of its time. You know, the best science fiction really looks ahead of its time and, like, into the future and stuff. But Doctor Who is just, like, a show so obsessed with the cult of tradition. You know, of course, because it's a British show and they're obsessed with tradition. It's so obsessed with staying the same, staying stagnant forever, just having doctor who battle fucking daleks again and again and again uh it's like it's like watching like it's like if science fiction had never advanced past the 50s like it's so sad to to watch you know while like freaking blade runners being made and that's another thing right like ridley scott's british but i i i'm not dunking on like Alien or flipping Blade Runner, that shit's awesome, you know? Alien, Blade Runner, flippin' good. So I'm, I'm not at all saying that, like, British people can't make good science fiction. But, like, Doctor Who just isn't good science fiction. If it was American, I'd also be dumping on it. Terrible franchise. Complete failure. Zero out of ten. It's a piece of shit. Uh, you know. But, like, Ridley Scott, Alien, Blade Runner, th- those are, like top tier you know those are great um what other examples of good british sci-fi are there i mean i don't know if you'd consider like alien and blade runner british sci-fi particularly you know they're they're kind of american funded projects but you know ridley scott is british and he does bring kind of a british perspective on but i i can't say i hate alien damn good movies granny weaver's awesome in that. Anyway... Uh, so yeah, the thing about Adult Swim is, like, everyone seems to be flocking around it. You know, there's so many better, like, you know, like, I I don't know, I don't know, like, the thing is, like, oh, man. Adult Swim just, just sucks. I'm ready to see some backlash against Adult Swim. But for whatever reason, it, and this is the thing I've noticed with a lot of these, like, big figures in, in, in animation and in whatnot, is that if you insult them, uh, their fans feel, like, personally offended. Like, if I insult Dan Harmon, uh, someone who's a big fan of Dan Harmon will be like, Oh no, you offended my king, I can't have this, you offended my favorite little, little chunky boy. I can't handle any of this, you know. And it's like you didn't make Rick and Morty, why defend it this much? You know, you had no hand in putting it together. Why do you care what I think? Uh, it's the same with like Bone, you know. I've I've been very critical about Jeff Smith's comic Bone. Like that thing is fucking stupid. The main characters are just Pogo the possum and Shmoo combined. And you'd know that if you were, like, a comics historian or had any base-level knowledge of comic strips. But for whatever reason, I made this funny meme where, like, the Bone characters get eaten by vultures in the middle of the desert, and then, uh, you know, uh, Bone fan comes at me and he's like, Oh, I'm gonna explain why bone is actually good cuz you, you you don't seem to understand like I enjoy bone And I'm going to die for my lord and savior Jeff Smith, you know I wouldn't want anyone to be that way about my work like if someone Defends my comics that much, you know, that'd be disturbing like you can defend my comics don't get me wrong, but like You know just let other people hate things, you know, and I I think it's kind of you know toxic positivity or whatever. Um, in the same way, you should let other people like what they like. You should also let other people dump on whatever they want to dump on. You know, if I want to shit all over Rick and Morty, if I want to completely discredit Justin Roiland's career, um, and and talk about what a what an abject failure he is in every sense of the term, I have the right to do that. You know, and and like. It's crazy how much fans of a given property will just like defend it against every freaking thing possible. They're just like, "Oh, Rick and Morty is too deep, you wouldn't get it." I think it's really funny how like the Rick and Morty fan base has to be like split, you know. If someone admits to being a fan of this show, they'll be immediately labeled as a as a monumental cringe lord by any sane person. But then, you know, at the same time, they have to, like, discredit the Rick and Morty uh, copypasta. It's like, you have to have a really high IQ to understand Rick and Morty. Um, you know, man. It's really stupid, this fucking fan culture. Like, Rick and Morty is fucking terrible. It's, it's, it's vomit droppings. It's, it's, it's so stupid. And I'm glad I live in America, and I can say, you know, it it fucking sucks. That said, uh, so yeah, Kip isn't gonna be on any of the upcoming episodes. Maybe in a couple months, maybe in a year, who knows. You'll have to wait a while to hear Kip explain the hilarious tampon joke. Um, but he's like, you just want attention, which is the same argument that the fellows over on Reddit made. Uh, against me you just want to atten- i really don't like i just want to sell comics you know i i can sell comics without getting the most attention like i don't want a bunch of interviews and press junkets and you know p- people following me around and being like hey can i get your autograph like that'd be nice you know but I- i'm not doing this to get famous uh, I- i'm mainly just doing it because like it's fun to sell comics, you know? I, I, I don't care if people, like, notice me particularly. I mean, there's a difference between, like, selling stuff and getting noticed about selling stuff. And, you know, I don't really care if anyone notices me or not, I'm just, uh... I'm just gonna do this whether anyone wants me to or not, and that's the way it's gonna be. And if you don't like it, then tough cookies, shape up or ship out, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so I guess Kip thanks it by not hopping on the q and He's going to like destroy the Q&A or something but like nah, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep doing this for, I think until like episode 275 I don't know it is about 275 it just sounds like a cool number to to reach and by then it'll probably be like 2025 2026 and you know I don't know no definite plans for where the q and A's is headed, but it's definitely going to continue. Um, and one suggestion that I got was that I changed the name of the Q&A from like Nicholas Comics Q&A to the Nicholas Cicada Show, or some, or, or like Nick Nick Time or something. Because Woe's argument essentially was, Oh, you don't get it. Nobody comes on your stupid, pathetic little show, so they don't ask you any questions. So just call it you talking for two hours. Most of the time it is just me talking for two hours, but I'm perfectly okay with that. I can carry this show on my own, but it is first and foremost a and a The purpose of it is to make information readily available, and if you don't hop on, then you know, whatever, you're not going to be able to ask me any questions. I'm not going to change the name of it. So, to anyone who's listening who's not like that and doesn't think this show is pathetic and considers it an entertaining and fun, interactive little experience, be sure and tell anyone that they can come on here Saturday at 3 3 5 p.m. and ask me absolutely any question about comics publication, what comics I prefer what, what cartoons I prefer, whatever the heck you want. Uh, that said, uh, the last meme Kip posted here in the server before uh, he left was, uh, I guess, a, a pro mask meme. Uh, Man, the Q&A's on Spotify now, so... I gotta watch it whenever I mention the pandemic in any context, because, uh get Joe rogan But, you know, I'm not having anyone on who's saying, like, the pandemic is fake or vaccines don't work, because the pandemic is very much real. And, uh, vaccines do work. So, you hear that, Spotify? You hear that? I'm... I'm Pandemic's very real. Get vaccinated. This is your, this is your uh, weekly reminder, people. If you're not vaccinated, go get fucking vaccinated do do a favor for society get shot up in the arm and uh you know let let's fix the shit let let's end covid you know let's do it get faxed. that said uh, the last meme kept posted here in the uh, in the server was um uh, i mean as for me personally i, I wouldn't mind uh just being I wouldn't mind if this wasn't on Spotify considering none of my music's on there I'm never going to earn a single penny from it. And like Joni Mitchell and Neil Young have also left Spotify. So, I don't know. Might be might be a worth it. Uh, I don't really care about that. Man, how does everyone care so much about Joe Rogan? He looks like a Raisinette. He looks like a Raisinette came alive. Kind of. Uh, I don't care what the host of Fear Factor is doing. There's way better podcasts out there. Anywho. Uh so the last meme kept posted here in the server was a SpongeBob uh pro mask meme. And the I I think I uh I think I think I uh, deleted it cuz SpongeBob isn't allowed here in this in the Nick Comic server. Uh, but the essential conceit of it was that uh, Anti-maskers believe, uh, that it's their right to deprive other people of life. And, I don't know if this argument really holds much water, cause like, I doubt many anti-maskers are going out every day with, like, serial killer tendencies. I think the main problem with masks is just that, you know, it's not fun to have something over your face all the time. And uh, I I personally just choose not to live that way. And whenever there's a mask mandate on, I'm not an asshole about it. I don't go into stores and stuff where they don't want me and breathe on everyone. You know, if there's like a mask thing on, then yeah, sure, I'll stay home for as long as it takes. And just like, you know, that's fine. I, I can deal with prolonged periods of isolation. But, uh, you know... Like, I I doubt even people who, who refuse to wear masks really think that much about how their actions, like, you know, could potentially kill other people. And this is what I would say, right? In all likelihood, if you're double vaccinated, if you've been vaccinated and you got the booster shot, it's very unlikely that not wearing a mask somewhere would directly result in someone dying. Because if, you, if you're vaccinated, it's very hard for you to catch the virus, and it's very hard for you to spread the virus. That's what vaccines do. They boost your immune system. The thing about masks is that they don't boost your immune system. They don't change your, you know, biomolecular stuff in any way. Um, so, like, I, I'm not going to use a solution that's not really a solution. That's the only reason I'm against masks, is because I don't think they work well enough to make me feel safe. If there's a mask thing on, I, I, I'm just not going in anywhere, because that's, you know, when, when it's like peak virus. I'm not going in any stores without a mask, if there's a mask thing on. If there's not, you know, if, 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 if authorities, who I trust... You know, say that like it's not such a big threat anymore. Then sure, I'll go. I'll go in a store or whatever. But if 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 there's conditions where like you have to wear a mask, I'll be damned if I'm going out in public or anything. I think this is a, di- a, a critical difference that Kip fails to understand: is that not all anti-maskers uh, want to go out into public. Because not all anti-maskers believe like the pandemic is fake or whatever. I a hundred percent believe that that like the pandemic is real. I'm not going. To, I'm not going to public when when there's like a, a massive biohazard around. Now, it's just not smart behavior when there's a global plague. But Considering that I've been double vaxed. I really feel pretty safe. I feel much safer with this vaccine rushing through my bloodstream uh, than I possibly would with a mask on. Like, I'd, prob- I'd probably only feel safe, really, if I went in somewhere with a full-on hazmat suit. Even then, like, you know, uh, I'd rather just be vaccinated. It's way less trouble. That's also the uh, the reason I don't wear a mask, is because it's way too much effort, uh, and a vaccine just works better, you know? Uh, Like, having to wear something on your face everywhere you go every day uh, is a lot more detrimental to life than getting a needle in your arm for one second and then having your entire body protected against the thing. And I think the anti-vaccine rhetoric for the most part is coming from the pro-maskers. Like, oh the vaccine is just a preventative measure like the masks, they're just preventative measures, they're not 100%, they don't work 100%, well yeah, nothing works 100%, in life, you take some risks, but 97%, 98%, that's fine by me, vaccines are better than masks, you know? Maybe it's just that it's been two years at this point and masks are, like, normalized in the minds of people, but I've, I haven't been wearing a mask this entire time, so for me, masks are still, like, really fucking weird. I, I do not think it is normal to go around looking like Rex Morgan MD all the time. Call me crazy, but I think you should only have to wear a surgical garb when you're performing an appendectomy or something of the like, you know? Call me crazy, but I really don't think society can function with everyone having their faces covered up nonstop, you know? It's not a productive, functioning society. And, like, you know. So I bring all this up to Kip, and I point out that his argument about how uh, people who refuse to wear a mask for whatever reason uh, believing that it's their right to deprive other people of life like we're the fucking soul eaters from Harry Potter like we just heard the the dementors or whatever they're called you know just like spewing the souls in and out you know uh, that's that's really stupid and i point out how it's kind of like how the anti-abortion crowd labels women who get abortion as like serial killers because you know oh you're killing so many fetuses and if you and, and if you like if if you, uh you know, if you, uh like, it, if you count all the fetuses that get aborted per year, it's like the Holocaust and these people are terrible war criminals. But at the same time, they don't actually push to, like, prosecute women who get abortions or put them on death row as, like, Ted Bundy levels of, you know, serial killers. Because even Christians aren't stupid enough to think that, like, any legal system would would actually, like, fall for that. Like, there's no way that a woman who gets an abortion is going to be held to the same, you know, standards of the law as Jeffrey Dahmer. She's just not. Even if anti-abortion people are scumbags and they push for, like, you know, the like banning Planned Parenthood clinics and everything, uh, they're not gonna, like, actually, in good faith, argue that uh, women who get abortion should be, like, Subject to the same stuff as actual serial killers because obviously Killing a grown sentient human person is different from aborting a fetus, you know Scientifically, that's what the science says and that's what the law agrees on too so uh, The main the main argument that I made is that that's kind of like what what the uh, anti-mask thing is like like Oh, if you don't wear a mask you're killing people. You're the next Jeffrey Dahmer. You're the next freaking Ted Bundy. You're the next freaking Ed Gein. You're a sick psychopath, you you empathyless son of a bitch, you know. But that's not going to fly in court. Like I I can't be prosecuted for uh, inhaling and exhaling, you know. That that's a that's a function that people, you know, that that's a that's a normal biological function. And I can't be prosecuted, like if, even if, even if I wasn't vaxxed, and I breathed on someone and they died, there wouldn't be enough evidence to try me in court for that. But I am vaxxed, so I don't feel guilty at all about going in places without a mask, because I have a better thing than a mask in me right now. I got the fucking vaccine, and that works way better than a fucking mask, so I'm, I'm not gonna wear a mask, there's no point, you know? A, it's really dumb. Like, I'm so sick of this mask stuff. It's- it's absurd. Uh, but for whatever reason, you know, I mean, I- I get that it's a controversial... ...stance. I get it. When I- when- when the pandemic first started out, I was immediately labeled like a QAnon enabler and a Trump supporter just cause I wouldn't wear a fucking mask. And- and like, this was like ten days after the initial outbreak here in Colorado like maybe even a week right and already i was like well you know i'm not really going to like like wear surgical garb i'm probably just going to stay inside and like quarantine you know because that's a smart thing to do when there's a global plague on you should just stay inside and not go places but uh i i was i was labeled like a trump a, a a trump nut or like i was on the trump train just because I wouldn't wear a mask. And this was like, really early in the pandemic, like... When I assume most people had a hard time adjusting to this kind of shit. And that's initially what really turned me off masks and like the cult of wearing a mask because... It's just so condescending and freaking like, Oh, I'm so above you because I wear a mask. Look at what a noble savior of humanity I am. I'm a golden angel, you know, like, it's just not, you're wearing a mask, and that's fine, if someone wants to wear a mask, again, I'm not advocating that, like, if you feel safer wearing a mask or more comfortable, by all means, go for it. They look stupid, sure, but if it's a placebo that makes you feel more secure or whatever, then that's fine. I'm all for placebos, I'm all for the sugar pill. But you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for a vaccine before I go for a mask. I'm, I just am. I think vaccines are more effective. And you know, there's scientific papers and stuff that say, oh, masks are so good at preventing COVID. They'll keep you a hundred percent safe. They're like, they're, they're great. They're amazing. You know, uh and like i'm sure in some cases you know you you might not get covid if you wear a mask you probably will if if you're not vaccinated and you go somewhere uh with a mask you easily could die like there's no way that a mask can protect you better than a vaccine can so again please get vaccinated uh, i'm so si- i'm also so sick of how like it's just assumed that everyone who's an anti-masker is also an anti vaxxer Being an anti or pro-masker shouldn't even be a fucking thing because masks, are, like, they're fucking stupid. Vaccines are, are science. You know, we're we're past the days of Jonas Salk. You know, like, I, I like anti or pro-masker. In ten years, these terms will be meaningless. Whereas, pro and anti-vaxxer will always be applicable because vaccines are a useful medical implement, you know? Anyway, so, when the pandemic started, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I I got so much flack for just not wanting to wear a mask. And I just locked myself in. I did not go anywhere, I had zero contact with anyone. I I went to the park a few times, but I stayed, you know, well, like, 50 feet from anyone else, and, you know, Denver was in, like, complete lockdown for, like, five months or something, like, four months. I think this is a great move, because, you know, when there's a plague on, you should encourage quarantine and lockdown. Because if everyone stays at home, then the scientists will have less distractions to worry about, and they can work on a nice, fast, easy cure, you know? They, 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 they have no distractions for like a month, and then, and then they'll, it'll pop out, you know? Right? But that's not what happened, because masks gave everyone an easy out. You could You could go to the club, you just had to bring your mask with you. You could... Pretend that life was normal. You, ju- you just had to bring your mask with you So this state of denial and like self self hypnosis, I guess you could call it this like state of the state of apathy uh, Kept on and that's why I'd say it took a year for the vaccine to be developed because everyone was able to Pretend like shit was normal even though it clearly wasn't now as for me I hedged all my bets on science working in an efficient and uh, adequate manner, you know, uh, competence. I-, I expected the scientific institution, the CDC and the WHO, uh, to perform at a competent rate, you know, uh, not-, not to take a year, but to take, like, a month. Uh, I guess I put too much faith in scientists, and I'll probably never make that mistake again, but I hedged my bets, you know. I, I placed my faith in science. So to anyone who says, like, I'm anti-science, I trusted scientists. I was like, yeah, please make a vaccine by all means. L- let's hurry it up, please, because the world is burning, like, 5.5 million people are dying. And the callous excuse that these pro-maskers give for the 5.5 million dead people is like, oh, that's just because some people weren't wearing masks. And it's like, yeah, no shit, you can't force 7 billion people to all wear the same fucking article of clothing, you know? If there, was, if there was a disease that forced everyone to go around on stilts, would you do it? Like, there's a point where you just have to say, hey, let's think about an actual solution, you know? What if there was a freaking thing that had forced everyone to go around wearing fucking clown noses all the time? I wouldn't go for that. I I just wouldn't. Even even if it was my life, I I would I wouldn't do that. You know. So like y- you can't just force seven billion people to all do the same thing. That's not possible. Well, there's more than seven billion people right now. Uh, you can't even force the entire world to get vaccinated. You can force say an entire country to get vaccinated probably, but not like. The entire world. You know, that, that's kind of a tall order there. So what, what people need to do is get to adequate herd immunity. The best way to do that is get vaccinated. Get frickin' vaccinated. Have I mentioned that yet? Get yourself vaccinated. Seriously. Anyway. So I point out that, uh, you know, saying that the anti masker coda coder or creed or whatever is depriving people of their life. Like, that's some kind of right, which, you know, like, it's really not. Like, I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone just goes around being like, oh, I'm gonna kill everyone. Then again, I don't know if, I don't know if calling myself an anti-masker is really worth it, because by doing so, I associate myself with the anti-vaxxer and fucking QAnon crowd, and those people are annoying as fuck. At the same time, though, I just think masks are stupid. Like for, it's a personal choice on my behalf. I'm not gonna wear a fucking mask. I'll get vaccinated a hundred percent. Shoot me up with that shit. I'm not gonna wear a mask. I'm just not. And no, nobody can force me to. Now, private, privately owned businesses can refuse to serve me. That's perfectly alright. I'll respect that. You know, it's 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 their restaurant or whatever. If they don't if they don't want to serve me, that's fine. I'll go somewhere else. But you know. I, I, I don't have to wear a mask, you know. B- by law, there's nothing forcing me to wear a mask. Unless there's a mask thing on. And even then, I can go outside without a mask fine. I can go to the park or whatever. And given that I don't have any money to spend, it's not like I'm going to restaurants and stores and stuff like crazy anyway. But, you know. I mean... You know, like, it, it, it's so dumb. This divisiveness uh i i i kind of ascribe to like Tr Tralfam, time uh you know how that scene like it's very important to see time in in perspective and you know not just the immediate present i think the problem with kip's mindset the central problem is that he's always focused on the immediate present like when the capital riots are happening he's like where's You're not talking about the Capitol riots? Why aren't you talking about the Capitol riots? And then Smiling Friends comes on, and he immediately posts a Smiling Friends meme because it's the hot new show, and everyone's gotta talk about the hot new show exactly when it comes out. Hey, Hawkeye? Let's talk about Hawkeye. Oh, now it's Cyberpunk 2077? Let's talk about Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, now now it's uh, Resident Evil 7? Let's talk about Resident Evil 7. You know, it gets really boring. And ultimately, trying to keep up with the present is a futile endeavor because there's new things coming out all the time and you can only remain as relevant as possible for for a given period of time before you, you, you just get old and out of touch and you don't know what, what anything is anymore. I think a lot of people who try to remain in the immediate present like that or like, you know, in their 30s... They're past uh, the TikTok, you know, generation, but they're trying to, you know, remain like hip and relevant. And like, oh, you know, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I might be 35, but I, I still know how to do the dab. I know how to do the floss, you know. And like, you can just admit that you're getting kind of older, and that your sensibilities might be a little more like, you know, old-fashioned. That's okay. But, you know, this freaking like, Oh my god, I gotta- uh, I gotta talk about this new show. I gotta talk about this new video game. Exactly when it comes out, on the button. I gotta talk about, uh, Grand Theft Auto 6. Cause it's just been announced, oh my gosh, on the button, you know. It gets kinda annoying. That's why, and, you know, like... I think, I- I think Slaughterhouse-5 is a very interesting book because... You know, Billy Pilgrim, like, he's there for the bombing of Dresden, this terrible event. But at the same time, he exists in a non-linear, like, you know, he's detached from uh, cause and effect. So as a result, even though he's there, like, during the bombing of Dresden, and Kurt Vonnegut is also there in in the train car behind him or whatever, um, you know, he's kind of apathetic uh, about it all, because he understands that no matter how bad things might be in the immediate present, at the moment, during World War II, there was a better time before it, and there will be a better time after it. And that's always very important, to keep time in perspective, even if you're trapped in linear time, as most of us, you know, silicon beings are, or, or carbon beings It's very important to remember that there is a past and there is a future in addition to the immediate present and kind of, you know, take it all in as one big thing. See, that's what really well-written science fiction that's not Doctor Who can uh, do. You know, it can have some really interesting ideas that maybe you didn't think about before and you can kind of apply them to your own life. That's kind of the mindset I've kept throughout the pandemic. I've, I've just been like... You know, times are bad. It's not fun, but things will get better, you know? There'll be a time when nobody is wearing fucking stupid masks anymore and and looks like the the bicycle doctor from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. There'll be a time when that happens and anti-masker and pro-masker aren't terms anymore. And, you know, it'll pass. It'll wind down. It'll be done, you know. It'll stop eventually. Like, given the... The linear nature of time, where, where, where everything is in a constant state of, of change and flux, it'll be over, over eventually. And, uh, you know, that's, that's an interesting uh, way to look at, I suppose. I, I guess I just kind of look at it like that, because, you know, slaughterhouse is a great book. I've said this before, but Kurt Vonnegut's an absolute master, like Slaughterhouse-Five is good. But I've, I've kind of just been kind of, you know, just like, okay, roll with the punches, you know, deal with it. You know, because those Famidorians, they just see time in the fourth dimension. They just see it all as one big, like, mountain range of stuff. And that's an interesting way to see time, I gotta say. Um, Slaughterhouse-Five, great book, by the way. Read it if you haven't. Kurt um, gets The shit. Anyway, so that's kind of the mindset I've been going off. And I guess some people just lack the ability to, like, accept that there ever was a past. Like, even now, like, I hear people being like, Oh, 2010 was so long ago, and it's like, it gets so boring, you know? Every fucking five years... They look back at the five years behind it and go, Oh, those that was so long ago. You know, even if they were alive back then, they'll, like, shit all over their past self and, and dunk on them. And I agree to an extent that most of the suffering throughout history came from, like, a critical lack of knowledge. Like, you know, uh, the Romans didn't take Jesus as a real threat, so they fell, you know, they didn't have the... They didn't have the uh, foresight. They didn't have the you know the, the the retrospect. They didn't have foresight or retrospect. The same goes for like the black black plague. You know, uh, nobody could have guessed that these lice would hop onto rats, and nobody really had very sanitary conditions, so that, that happened. And then it's like you know world you know the civil war the the south was too fucking stupid to accept that an economy could function without slavery uh so they were like we're going to we're going to fight and it was the bloodiest war in american history that's a good example of stupidity being a main driving force in uh you know pe- people's death and uh most of the suffering throughout history can be attributed to to either incompetence or stupidity ...or willful ignorance. Uh... And only in retrospect can we look back on that and be like... "Ha, they're really stupid, aren't they? I indulge in this to an extent, you know, like... Uh, Fallout Shelters, for instance. I think Fallout Shelters really speak to, like, how fucking stupid the 50s as a decade were. Where everyone was just so scared of the commies... ...that they have to build these rooms in the basement and they think it's going to keep them safe from all the radiation, they'll be like, oh yeah, I can just eat my canned soup down here. At the same time, though, I don't completely discredit the 50s as a decade without merit. I think there are plenty of politicians from the 1950s with great ideas like Adlai Stevenson. But, you know, I I, I at least have the ability to chuckle at, at fallout shelters and go like, McCarthyism was fucking stupid, you know, Uh, and the same with like the Vietnam War, I place responsibility where it belongs, you know, I'm like, the Vietnam War was fucking stupid, we probably shouldn't have done that, and 50 or so years down the line, when all this COVID shit is over, people will look back at pictures of people in masks and go, God, they look so fucking stupid in those fucking masks, Why didn't they just get a fucking vaccine, you know? Because now we have a vaccine and we have knowledge about the virus that we didn't have at the beginning of the pandemic. But I think the pandemic will be seen as one of history's greatest failures, like a giant failure to prepare for things. This is in part, of course, Trump's fault because he cut a lot of funding to the CDC and WHO, you know, because he's an idiot who doesn't know how to run a country. Um, But I would also blame Dr. Fauci, because, like, you don't need that much funding to study a germ, you know. An electron microscope can't be that expensive to the point where no functional ones are available, you know. I'm not going to fall for that either. Like, and, and I think it's just good to be like, you know, kind of like, place a responsibility somewhere. The problem with a pandemic, as opposed to a war, is that there's no really, like, bad guy you can paint. You know, you can't say, oh, Osama Bin Laden, he's the villain, you know. Because COVID is just, like, a force of nature. It's not alive. Viruses aren't considered a form of life. And it's going to kill you whether you want it or not. So, um, you know, you, you kind of have to, like, place the responsibility on some person... And I personally choose to place the responsibility on, like, scientists, because it's their job to fix this shit. And if they can't do that, then they're fucking incompetent. And, you know, that's not my problem. I can't be held responsible for that. At the same time, I think it's fucking stupid to just, if someone doesn't have a mask on, be like, Oh shit, you serial killer, you're the next Albert Fish, aren't you? You know? Like, that's very counterproductive, because the guy who's not wearing a mask probably isn't a a microbiologist or an immunologist. And he probably just does not have the knowledge necessary to know how to contain the spread of a deadly fucking plague. So we should hold the people who do have that knowledge accountable when they fail to act, uh, you know, up to the standards that they should be held to. Um... That's just like, you know, anything. If a restaurant is slow in making your cheeseburger and it takes them three hours to get the cheeseburger, th- then you'd be pissed at the restaurant. You know, you'd be pissed at the chef. You'd be like, what are you doing back there? You know, are, are you making out? You know, and in the same way, when it takes a fucking year to kill one, one, ba- one freaking germ... I'm going to be pissed, you know, because that's a life of my year that's been completely tossed down the toilet. So, like, yeah, if people don't behave up to the standards set by them, by their profession, then I'm, you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not just going to be like, oh, yeah, they're working as hard as they can, because I don't hold scientists to any standards I don't apply to any other profession. If you're an accountant and you mess up the tax forms then you're, you're not a good accountant. I'm not going to be like, Oh, this scientist is so good because they're, they're doing science stuff, you know? Solve the problem, please. Let's solve the fucking problem. Incompetence is inexcusable in this modern age, in this uh, modern-day society. I saw a picture of, like, the 1918 Spanish flu epidemic. And people wore masks back then. And there's obviously a long ways before vaccines became mainstream. But they're wearing these fucking masks. And, like, this is an example of how COVID is not an unprecedented situation. It had precedence. There are diseases and plagues and outbreaks all throughout history. Even recent history. You don't even have to go that far back to find an example of a similar plague. Or a similar epidemic. And it's like, if you can't learn from history, if you can't figure out the mistakes that happened with 1918 Spanish flu or or, or polio or whatever, then, like, you know, how the fuck are you gonna, like, advance? You know? Like, back in the 50s, for instance, I've read comics that are just about, like, getting the measles. And you'd have to, like, stay inside for an entire month and uh it was no fun you just had to stay inside you couldn't see anyone because you had the freaking measles and that shit caught on like 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 it was it was crazy like it's there was a whole culture built around it you know this is something i think is important not to fall into apathy because like if something is bad it, it should be solved like but, when I look at the, the fifties stuff that's like, oh, the measles, or I look at fifties stuff that's like, oh, build your own fallout shelter, my first thought isn't, oh, the fifties must have been so hard. My first thought is, like, these people were fucking stupid, you know? They were fucking dumb back then. And, you know, that's just how time works. As time progresses, people accrue more knowledge and, like, more understanding of the things around them. You know, they might not know how to fix measles here, but they will here, you know, later on down the line once more knowledge is obtained. But if we're not obtaining any knowledge from the measles or Spanish flu or polio or whatever, and we just keep on with this fucking anti-vax, you know, fucking, hey, wear a mask, you know, fucking, hey, le- let's let's take a year to solve the the fucking plague, then, like... What's the point? What's the point of learning and growing from your mistakes, you know? If society can't do that, i I honestly just don't know. So... That's my old take on the mask thing, you know? Like, in 50 years, when I-when I look back at pictures from, uh, from now, I'm gonna be like, Oh my god, that was so stupid. The reason I don't wear a mask mainly is because I prefer like Billy Pilgrim, to be kind of just, like, a neutral observer. I don't like in, in, interacting much with historical events. I don't like really, like, you know, being in the immediate present to an unhealthy extent. I just like, you know, the ability to, like, see ahead and see, see back and see ahead and see forward, and, you know. I like perspective. Most of the people who we, today, you know, award visionary status to, like Albert Einstein, and, you know, Salvador Dali, and, you know, Van Gogh and everything. Uh, The reason we do that is because they were able to accept that time would change, you know, things would be different eventually, and they were able to shape the world according to their visions of the future. Um, You know, like, there were the people in the 50s who were just like, Ah, it's the 50s. I like Ike, you know. I'm gonna go down and build a Fallout shelter so we can protect ourselves from the Red Menace, you know, the fucking idiots. And then there's, like, you know, Jack Kerouac, who, who, whose writing is timeless because he wasn't that concerned with how things were in the immediate present. He focused first and foremost on, like, you know, doing his own thing, you know. That's just... Like, I think being overly concerned with the present, to an unhealthy extent, is not healthy, because then when things change, you'll have such a hard time adjusting to the change, you know? There's like, you know, like, I think, I think all too often, we give people credit as like, you know, just like, like, figures in history, like history is just some kind of tool that just like, It basically discredits the idea of free will. You basically just substitute time in place of God. The fact of the matter is, everyone does have free will, and you can do absolutely anything you want whenever you want. That is a really terrifying prospect when you think about it. The infinite amount of possibilities that are available to you at every single moment. But... It's- it's the nature of the universe, so eventually you'll need to just accept that, okay, anything can happen. There's limitless possibilities, like, literally. If you have enough drive, you could build a rocket right now and fly it to Mars and nobody would stop you. Because the universe does not care. But all too often, we seem to ascribe some kind of, like, direction or some kind of, like, Intention uh, to the way time works like for instance with the Vietnam War I'm so sick of hearing about the Vietnam War as like oh these poor Vietnam veterans They had such a hard time of it. Oh my gosh You know those were the times they didn't know what they were heading into and Like that's their f- problem. They're fucking stupid They they chose to go to Vietnam Because they hadn't done their fucking research on how communism worked or who Ho Chi Minh was. So they're like, oh yeah, Nixon, oh daddy Nixon, give me me that draft papers, you know. At the same time, there were plenty of well-educated people who did not like the Vietnam War. And were not willing to put up with it. So, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag. It seems like people have free will, one could say. You have the choice to conscientiously object to the draft, and that's what a lot of people during the Vietnam War did. But for whatever reason, we tend to focus on the fucking idiot stories because they're more dramatic. You know, staying in America and just like staging a couple protests and burning your draft papers is a lot less dramatic than going to Nam and living through the fiery hell. Oh God, Vietnam, oh. You know. The fact of the matter is, I really feel like, no sympathy for Vietnam veterans. Like, you chose to go to Vietnam knowing full well that it's an active war zone, and then you whine when you get both your legs shot off? Like, yeah, no shit, it's an active war zone. Great job. You accomplish nothing. History will not remember you. I, I, I just don't support the people on the wrong end of a war. Call me crazy, but I, I, I tend to pick sides in, in any given war. And if a war does not need to happen, then I'm not going to endorse it. Like World War II, for instance, I agree 100%. Hitler needed to be taken down. So that's the last war America fought that ever needed to be fought, pretty much, you know. And, like, I 100% respect any soldier who fought in World War II because, you know, fighting Hitler, that's awesome. Good job. Good job on you. Fighting the fascists, good job. But I'm not going to praise you when you're fighting for American imperialism and, like, trying to trying to take over Vietnam. That's not an admirable goal, you know? Vietnam isn't trying to invade America, and it's not like staging a holocaust. So, yeah, I'm not gonna be like, oh, you poor Vietnam veterans. The same way I'm not like, oh, you poor confederates. You poor confederate soldiers, you. How dare they take your statues down? If someone fights on the wrong side of the war, they don't deserve respect. You know? I'm not gonna respect fucking Robert E. Lee or Stonewall Jackson or fucking Colonel Beauregard Tootin, tootin fruitin, cause, uh, you know, like, you 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 fought on the wrong end, you know? I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna endorse someone who, who fought for slavery, no matter how badass they were out on the battlefield and how many victory points they scored up, you know? If you're fighting on behalf of slavery, uh, the institution of slavery for the Confederacy, And fuck you, you know? I'm not gonna be like, oh, yeah, oh, those poor Confederate veterans, you know, they probably got shot up. Some of them probably had to have their legs amputated, oh my god, you know, yeah, some probably did have to have their legs amputated. Serves them right, the fucking slave owner bastards. And this is why I don't think it's really good to, like, generalize during any, like, war or conflict, like, there were plenty of poor people in the South who just couldn't afford slaves and had no interest in buying them. And I have nothing against those. You know, I have nothing against them. Like, and even during Nat Turner's rebellion, you know, everyone paints Nat Turner as like this bloody sociopath. He actually did a ton to like fix, you know, shape up the how slavery was going and instigate the Civil War. Um, But people tend to be like, You know, Nat Turner was so bad and everything. He didn't kill anyone who didn't own a slave. Like, on his rampage, you know, he encountered some people who did not own slaves. And he was just like, I I don't care. Go on, you know. Uh, And that's fair, you know. You shouldn't, like, be against people who had no hand in it. Like, uh, during Nazi Germany, for instance. There were lots of Germans who did not agree with Hitler. And they left Germany. And those people are absolutely admirable those people are like great you know they they made a statement they made a conscious decision to 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 point out that they disagreed with the politics of hitler uh albert einstein for instance he fled from germany and we regard him as a legend he was german but he he chose not to just blindly follow the the you know way of his country he was like I'm done with this shit. Hitler sucks. So he came here to America. Awesome. You know, nothing against Einstein. Great guy. Uh, on the same at the same time though, you know, there are plenty of people in Nazi Germany who just did not become Nazis. You know, because not everyone in Nazi Germany logistically could be a Nazi. Like there are some people who just tried their best to carry on. You know, while, while the war was going on. And then there are the people who did become Nazis. I'm not going to respect those people. They fucking suck. They're fucking stupid. You know, you just blindly follow Hitler. You're just like, oh, yeah, well, this Hitler guy seems kind of bad, but, you know, it's the times. So I guess I got to do whatever Hitler tells me. Please, Daddy Hitler, feed me those orders. Jawohl, you know. Uh, you're fucking stupid if you do that. And I'm not gonna just, you know, it's so stupid to make excuses for war criminals. If somebody's a war criminal, you don't have to respect them just because they fought in a war, and that's badass or whatever. Oh, you, your sacrifice, your service, you gave your life for the cause, you know. If the cause isn't worth fighting for, then they died for nothing. You know, they died for less than nothing. They died for a bad cause. They- they died for a shit cause, you know? And, like, I'm- I'm not- I'm just not gonna, like, be- like, oh, those poor Nazis, they didn't really wanna fight, but they were forced to. You know, with- with the Civil War, it's even fucking stupider. People be like, oh, those Confederate soldiers didn't want to fight, but they had to. The Confederacy, I don't even think, had a draft, did it? I guess maybe it did, but, like, <laughs> Everyone down there was so, like, rich and aristocratic that you could just probably evade it if you wanted. And again, even if there is a draft that's just trying to, like, defy the universe's natural thing of, like, free will. Like, like people can do whatever the fuck they want. And it might land them in jail, sure. You can go out on a one-million-person, you know, bomb crusade because the universe will not prevent you from doing that everyone can do whatever they want at whenever they want that's a really scary thing to think about but what a draft in essence aims to do is you know uh destroy the the concept of free will in effect and be like you have to do this Nobody really has to do anything. You can end up in jail for something, sure, but you'll still have exercised your free will, you know? And, like, the people who dodged the draft in Vietnam, they didn't even have it that bad. They, they were just in jail for, like, like, seven years, and then Jimmy Carter pardons them, because, like, obviously, they did nothing wrong. They stood up for what they believed in, they served their time, they got out. Like, I, if I was around in Vietnam, if I was around in the 60s, and I had to choose between going to Vietnam where I'd almost definitely die, like, stepping on a land explosive or whatever, and just, like, staying in America and staging a massive protest and, you know, actually pushing for historical change and, like, you know, accountability on behalf of the government, I would stay in America and push for actual historical change, instead of this fake, oh, go to Vietnam and change history, you know, you're not gonna, you know, and, like, then Jimmy Carter just pardons you, so it's not gonna be that bad, you'll just be in jail, I'd rather be in jail than be in an active war zone, call me crazy, but, like, an active war zone sounds quite a bit worse than jail, you know, just saying, so, like, And I'm sure there's plenty of people who got out before that, you know? Before Jimmy Carter's pardon. they're The- like, jails can't hold that many people. The fact of the matter is, if there is a war announced and nobody fights in the war, then you just don't have a war, you know? War is bad. Call me crazy, but that's just an opinion I tend to hold. That's why, like, I hold people like George Orwell accountable for all the depraved shit they got up to, you know? uh, I believe in personal accountability. I think it's important to hold people to standards, you know? And that's why, you're in a pandemic, when it takes a year to evaluate a microbe, and come up with a little cure for it, um, I, I'm gonna hold scientists and doctors and whatnot personally accountable. Not like all doctors, not just like, the doctor at my local hospital, you know, he, it, it's not his deal. But i am gonna hold the cdc accountable this is their job it's their job to fix this shit and if they can't do it then you know like something's wrong i think i when when covid started out i thought it was gonna be like occupy wall street but for scientists we'd have to hold scientists accountable for like the corruption of big pharma and the corruption of big science and everything and you know like push for reform in the industry and such a position is not inherently anti-science it might just be like let's get more research let's get more funding let's you know build more science divisions and let let's improve science education let's Im- let's improve you know the the way that our scientific institutions are run there's nothing wrong with being you know analytical about the government institutions that that run you and like uh, the amount of oversight that the cdc was given like it it was either you you were in blind allegiance to the cdc and you you never questioned them even for a minute and you hailed dr fauci as this incredible hero this brave soul out there on the front lines you know that's that's another thing that really got me was like the the like Rhetoric of like, oh my god, the soldiers and, uh, you know, it's like the doctors and scientists on the front lines. It's not a war, it's a pandemic, so can you please stop painting it like a war? You know, it seems like American culture is so fucking obsessed with war, it will like apply war rhetoric to stuff that isn't even a war. But, the only- you know, like I said, there's no enemy you can really paint during a pandemic, besides the virus. So, you have this stupid, like, Oh, the virus is, uh, you know. But, but, mainly the number one enemy that got painted was like, Oh no, this guy isn't wearing a mask! Oh god, beat him up! Let's fucking burn this guy at the stake! He's not wearing a mask! Like, like we're all supposed to! Oh no, he's not wearing a mask! He's going outside! And he's just sitting in the park, out in an open area where he he's not in contact with anyone. He's not wearing a mask. Let's call the fucking cops, you know. Uh, but like, you know, like I I just hate this. Either like, oh, you're either a hundred percent with with the CDC, and you and you just blindly trust everything they tell you to do. Oh, wear a mask. Bear, bear, get my mask on. Or stock up on the fucking hand sanitizer and freaking incense and freaking you know it's either that or you're like this raving anti-vaxxer q on lunatic who's like oh covid ain't real it's just the flu here i saw this preacher on tv and he and he like oh cured us through the tv with the power crashed you know it's like such an unhealthy dichotomy I miss when there was, like, you know, stuff in, like, moderation. And don't get me wrong, I'm not an independent or a or anything. But I think it's, it's fine to have, like, a healthy dose of just, like, critical thought, you know? Like, you don't have to either blindly trust something or blindly reject it 100%. You can kind of just be in the middle and go like, Well, yeah, I think the CDC is a great institution and all, and it's definitely done some great things in the past but we have a real problem on our hands here and they're not really working at 100% efficiency you know 100% capacity so maybe we should like hold them to to you know to like we should like demand that they do what their job is and do what they need to do to solve this massive problem that's killing 5.5 million people but if you do that if you even imply that Dr. Anthony Fauci is anything other than, than, than an infallible God being, then, the, then these people will be like, Oh no, you're not doing what Daddy Fauci tells you to. You can't do that. You, you can't doubt the word of our Lord and Savior Fauci. And I doubt even Dr. Fauci has this high an opinion of himself. I mean, the guy looks and sounds like a narcissist, and his smug New Yorker accent is frickin' obnoxious. But, you know, I doubt he thinks of himself as an infallible God-being. No scientist really thinks of themselves like that, you know. Maybe some do, I don't know. I think, I've said this before, Science tends to attract narcissistic assholes. That doesn't mean they're not smart or that they're not good at their job, but it just does tend to attract that type of person, you know, because you have all this random trivia bouncing around in your head, and you can be like, oh, do you know the tardy can survive really hot temperatures and really cold temperatures? Oh, hey, did you know, do, you, do you know how, how the tides work? Hey, do you know how this marine life works? I'm, I'm a biologist. Uh, you, you, you know how the octopus works? You, you know how the coral reefs work? You know, it can be fun. It's a fun little party trick. It's a fun little party game. You can go to a party and you can be like, Hey, I'm gonna tell you about sunspots. You wanna hear about sunspots? It's really cool. You know. But, it, it's when you try and act like you're better than everyone else for that. Like, that, that's just not productive to science. And it makes science look unappealing to people who want to be cool. You know, that's why people are more likely to, like, watch Bill Nye, the science guy, than, like, you know, read a frickin' COVID test report. Because Bill Nye is accessible and relatable, and a lot of mainstream science is really dull and boring and, like, academic-ish and, you know. I do think pop science is a problem. I, I think I think, like, it's dumb to have Bill Nye be the spokesperson for all science or or Neil deGrasse Tyson or whatever. I think academic science absolutely has its place. But what I'm saying is that a lot of scientists do think way too highly of themselves. All they do is observe objective reality and and note what happens with it. And it's not that interesting. Like, yeah, big surprise. Stars exist. Okay, great. That's great. Good job. You, You found that out. That stars are a thing. Great. You know. But like, Anthony Fauci, it's kind of the same thing with Bernie, you know? Everyone tells me I should like Bernie Sanders. I just don't like the guy. I I would never in a million years vote for Bernie for president. I agree with all his policies. Free college, free healthcare, sounds great. Who doesn't like free shit? I like free shit. You know, his policies are fantastic. It's just that he is, like, the most unappealing guy to listen to and look at. He's like, I'm from Vermont. You know I got a coffee? Oh, dang it! It's the... it's the... the, Oh, dang it, I'm Bernie. I'm from Vermont, you know? Uh, man. I can't stand these politicians who constantly brag about what state they're from. Like, if I ran for president, I wouldn't just be governing Colorado. I'd be governing the entire United States. So I would have to run uh, appealing to everyone in the United States instead of just like Colorado. If I was running for governor of Colorado, I could flaunt my, my Colorado identity. But when you're running for president, you really have to be like, yeah, I'm here for you in California and you up in Oregon and you in New York and you in, you in Massachusetts. You know, you gotta be appealing to like every state you got to cover your bases you got to really be appealing so when a politician like bernie sanders is just like i i grew up poor in the bronx i'm from vermont baby you, you ever taste that vermont maple syrup you know it, it's it's annoying and and like it's 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 just stupid like that's why that's why i voted for joe biden because he doesn't go oh, yeah, I'm from so-and-so, what state's Joe Biden even from? I don't know, that's how little he mentions it, because he's not, like, you know, that's self-absorbed. He's not like, hey, I'm Joe Biden, and I'm only running on behalf of my home state. The rest of America can fuck itself, you know. Like, even if a president is from New York or California or something, they got to appeal to all the states. They can't just be like, Oh, yeah, California, California, you know, um, there's never been a president born in Colorado, I think that's a shame, like most of the presidents are like either from Ohio or Illinois, something about Ohio, there's a lot of presidents from Ohio, Ohio, New York, California, I think we need more presidents from a wider range of states, if if you're asking me, that's what I say. Let, let's, let's see what Joe Biden's uh, home state is, where's is he born? Oh, Pennsylvania. Scranton, Pennsylvania. So he's from Pennsylvania. Imagine if Joe Biden, if his entire campaign was like, Hey, I'm Joe Biden. I'm from Pennsylvania. I grew up in Scranton. You know, the, sh- the show where The Office is set. The award-winning comedy, The Office. I'm from there. So vote for me, America. You know, he's not like that. He's like, I'm going to be president of the entire country. And... You know, it's fine to, like, if you're president, to be proud of your hometown and go visit it or whatever. But, like, no, you shouldn't just focus on that. Same reason I don't like Dr. Fauci. He's so smug about how New York-y he is. And the same with, like, uh, Scalia and, and Rudy Giuliani. You know, Rudy Giuliani's always like, Hey, I'm from New York. I'm from the Bronx, bitch. Hey, I'm from frickin', I'm from I'm from Spanish Harlem. You better respect me, bitch. I'm from New York. Coffee, you know it. It gets old so fast. Uh, uh what about Ske- Scalia? Oh yeah, he's from New Jersey. He he does that for New Jersey, Scalia. Um, yeah, and Fauci does that too. Like, imagine if all Obama ever talked about is how he was born in Hawaii and, like, for his entire campaign, he, he put on a grass skirt and a luau necklace and, and danced to the frickin', you know, Malakalikamaka. It'd, it'd be a joke, you know? Luckily, Obama's a respectable politician who doesn't just use his state for free clout, you know? He was like, I'm running on behalf of... All America, you know. Uh, before, before his 2008 uh, run, he actually stopped by Denver for a bit. And that's that pretty cool. I didn't get to see him. But apparently he was down City Park. It sounds really awesome. Wish I had been there for that. It's been a historic moment. Um, well, yeah, he was born in Hawaii. And I'm pretty sure, yeah, he's the first president from Hawaii. Um, yeah, he's the first president from Hawaii, but he didn't use that as like a, like a, like a tool, he was, you know, he didn't use it like his entire platform, you know, that, that gets really boring after a while. I look at Anthony Fauci, I'm just like, yeah, this guy might be right, he might be really smart, I mean, he can't be that smart, because he hasn't solved the pandemic for an entire year, you know, he's not competent. I'm sure he knows more about viruses and stuff than I do. But, like, I'm not, I'm not going to praise this guy. He looks like an asshole. You know? I don't just respect every politician no matter what, even, even if they're Democrats. Like, like, you know? Like, for instance, uh, I kind of just own Bill Clinton. I don't really like Bill Clinton. Fine with Hillary, you know? I don't think she ever did anything wrong. But, you know, Bill Clinton did some messed up shit. You should be held accountable for that. That's what I say. He's an embarrassment. I I can admit that, you know. I'm not a stupid fucking Republican. That's the difference between Democrats and Republicans. Republicans will just follow anyone. They'll be like, oh, Trump, 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 you know, uh, during 2016 first Ted Cruz was like oh I can't stand Trump and then it's obvious Trump is gonna win so Ted Cruz is like oh yeah Trump I like Trump the whole time Trump is great Trump's the tops Trump's the tippy tops baby you know uh, Ted Cruz has like no integrity on the other hand I think it's stupid to bash a politician who all things considered isn't that bad Hillary Clinton she never did anything that bad it's her husband you know there like evidence that hillary clinton was on was pals with jeffrey epstein to the best of my knowledge or not you know i think i think hillary clinton's okay you know i'm I'm not gonna dunk on hillary clinton i don't think she ever did anything wrong but like and remember the freaking bang Aussie, everyone's like when will Hillary release the emails? The emails, Hillary. Where's the fucking emails? Where's Benghausie? Where, what about Banghosey? Huh? What, what about Banghausie? Why don't you release those emails, Hillary? It's like the stupidest elections distraction, why they call it the the November surprise or whatever. It's so fucking stupid. Anyway. <laughs> so I'm not gonna dunk on, on Hillary. The same way I'm not gonna dunk on Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a- is a perfectly competent politician. Is he a full-on socialist like Bernie? Huh? He has a more appealing personality than Bernie, a hundred percent. I don't know how this stereotype of Joe Biden being like this crazy senile old man is going around when flipping Bernie Sanders exists. He, he his name is his last name is literally Sanders. He sounds like he sounds like Kentucky Fried Chicken for gosh sakes. I half expect him to be in a KFC commercial one of these days, Colonel Sanders. When I heard his name first, I thought it, I thought it was like a joke or something like Vermin Supreme, but this guy is real. He's nuts. You know, he just gives off these fucking crazy grandpa vibes. I never get that from Joe Biden. Whenever Joe Biden gives a speech, I'm like, yeah, Joe Biden knows what he's doing. He, he's all there. You know, he's all there in the head. Maybe he's not the best speechwriter. You know, maybe he has other people write his speeches, but not everyone can be Obama, you know. I mean, Joe Biden isn't Obama. But then again, very very, it's not often you get as good a speechwriter as Obama or Kennedy or whatever, you know. I'm so sick of this like all or nothing mentality when it comes to socialism. It's like, you know, socialism's nice, but like I'd really rather have Joe Biden in office than Donald Trump. Thank you very much. And rather have Hillary Clinton any day over Donald Trump. Thank you very much. Rather have Brock uh, over Mitt Romney, you know. It's just it's just like, yeah, l- let's vote for the for the better candidate, please instead of being like Bernie or bust, Bernie or bust, I'm a Bernie bro, you know, it's so insipid, like, it doesn't give socialism a good name to have this crazy fucking geriatric grandpa mad scientist looking guy be your spokesperson. That's why I think socialism is so unpopular currently. I think if you, like, went for a a cooler person like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, ...as your spokesperson in the face of your movement, is the face of your ideology... ...I'm sure people would be like, oh yeah, socialism, AOC's awesome, you know? But she's too young to run for president still, so you have to wait for that. You know, AOC's awesome, like, she's way cooler than Bernie. And I would vote for her any day, over Bernie. Indeed I would. You know, I th- I think, like... Why is everyone so fanatical about Bernie? Like, sure. He likes free college and free healthcare. As far as I know, he didn't invent these ideas. Like, he didn't come up with them, he's just like, Free college and free healthcare, I'm from Vermont. D- did I ever tell you about how I was poor back in the Bronx and I had a coffee? You know. Uh, he didn't invent these ideas. Like, they- they've they been socialist like, for since basically the conception of socialism. So why not just toss him and get AOC in there, and she can be your spokesperson? Because she's not a crazy grandpa, you know? She's she's a cool, young Hispanic lady. You know, everyone, like, that'd be so good for PR. If AOC was, you know, made the flippin', like, it, it, it's ridiculous. AOC is such a better face for socialism just like in general you know i think the uh main problem is that like you know anthony fauci can pretend like he he's not politically motivated and you you know because it's not a you know it's it's not a political it's not really like a two-party position the head of the cdc so he can just be like Oh, I, you know, n- nobody can hate me because I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I'm just your doctor. I- I- I'm just your smart doctor man. You better listen to me. I'm Daddy Fauci, bitch. You know, uh, but you can absolutely be critical of someone who isn't in a particularly uh, partisan uh, position, you know. Like, you can. If he doesn't do his job, then you can be pissed the same way that, like, if someone in some other area, say, say the FDA, right? Uh, say the FDA, for whatever reason, didn't do their job right in, like, inspecting, uh, hamb- Or no, that's the USDA. Uh, with meat, right? Say the FDA didn't do their job inspecting, uh, some potato chips, right? And the potato chips are full of, like, maggots. Or, like, you know, vermin of some kind. And they get into stores all over the nation, right? It's just giant... It's just giant, uh... Outbreak of, like, maggots and disease and all these potato chips. But the FDA is like... Well, you know, don't get on our backs. We're we're doing the best we can, you know. It's hard work having to process all the food that you you guys eat, you know? We're just the FDA, we're, we're just a government bureau. Ease up, guys. You know, stop stop asking so much of us, you know. The FDA should should be held responsible for that and they damn well better promise to do better next time. That's what I expect from the CDC. I'm not gonna hold the CDC to any different standards than the FDA or the EPA or any other government organization. These organizations need to function properly, or like there's no point, you know? Work please, government. You know, that's what you're for. Oh uh, man. Like he just looks he just looks unappealing. I can see why I can see why, like. He's not good at PR, and that's the thing, right? To be, to, be a, to be a well-received politician, you need to have an appealing, charismatic personality. And Dr. Fauci just doesn't have that. He probably can't be, you know, taken out of office that easily. But he's not a charismatic or likable guy. He looks so smug and, and full of himself and condescending all the time. And this isn't even to say he is particularly those things, he just gives off those vibes. He needs to get some PR strategist in there to kind of shape up his image, to make him more likable. Because like, seriously, I don't like this guy. I want to like him. If the head of the CDC was a cool, you know, was really well-spoken and educated and cool guy, you know, I'd be like, oh yeah, head of the CEC, doing his job, solving pandemics, fixing disease, good job, you know, you're doing your job. That's why I like Obama, because he does his job as a president, and he's also really charismatic, he's really likable. Barack Obama, you know, he, he, he gives a speech, and it's just like a rousing applause, standing ovation, good job, Barack, you're so cool, you're such a good president, good job, you know? But then, like... Dr. Fauci is like, duh, you know, wear the mask and get vaccinated, and, uh, where's my cheese sandwich? I'm from New York, you know? Uh, Like, it's so tiresome to see this guy who has no PR, like, he he doesn't know how to be appealing or charismatic. I think that's really sad. I'm not in, in any way endorsing populism. Like, Donald Trump, you know, when I say, oh, politicians should be likable, um, people go like, oh, but Donald Trump was likable, so, like, you're arguing for populism, you're arguing for stupid people who are just charismatic and, like, good good at, good at manipulating gullible people. You know, that's not what I'm advocating for. Donald Trump isn't charismatic. Because he's dumbass. So, like, to me, Dr. Fauci and Donald Trump were equal levels of charisma. Zero charisma. I don't look at Donald Trump and go, Oh, yeah, there's a cool guy. I'd vote for that guy. You know, I don't. But at the same time, Dr. Fauci is not charismatic. And for people to like you, you really should be like charismatic. And this is especially important during a pandemic. Maybe if Dr. Fauci was in a funny comedy sketch or something. Maybe people would, like, respect him because he'd be like, oh, he's able to, like, take a laugh at himself. He's able to poke fun at himself. He's not this smug asshole prick narcissist. Oh, Dr. Fauci, you know, he's not, he's kind, he's kind, he, you know, he can roll with the punches. You know, if Dr. Fauci was like, "You uh, just have to go on, like, SNL or something and be funny and goofy and, you know, wacky, you know. Is he on SNL ever? Let's see. Oh no, they have to get Brad Pitt on to play, a uh, Dr. Fauci. He doesn't even look like Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci should go on SNL. His, his approval rating would soar, because people would be like, Oh, he can take himself. He, he, can, he, can, he can be a jokester. He can be goofy, you know? But if all anyone ever sees of you is this stern, like, Iron-clad, no-nonsense, brute, you know, you're not going to be the most appealing character in American politics, so... I find it really funny whenever Dr. Fouch is like, Oh, how dare you don't like me, American public? You should like me, you know? People don't like him because he's not like a cool guy that people can get behind, you know? And uh, there's a right and a wrong way to do any, like, you know, uh, public appearance or whatever. Like, for instance, uh, all of Bernie Sanders' public appearances, gosh knows, he's been on a ton of shows. You know, he's been on, like, uh, Patriot Act with Hassan, he's been, uh, he's been on the, the late shows, you know, he's been on all that. He's been on the media circuit. But, like, at the same time, he is not that funny, and he doesn't really have, like, the chops to... He comes off as cringe. Like, every time he shows up, it's just like, Oh my god, Bernie, stop. You're embarrassing yourself, and you're embarrassing me, because I have to watch this stupid shit. But, like... Part of it is that Bernie, whenever he's on a late night show or whatever, he brags about how much he's accomplished, even though he's never been elected as president. Like, you haven't done shit, Bernie. You're you're not president. Like, you can't say, "Oh, we've done so much." I'm Bernie Sanders. I've done so much for the common peoples. You know, I'm a socialist, and I've done so much for for everyone. You know, you can't be you can't be like that. And then be like, you know, losing every election in a landslide. Like, nobody wants Bernie. Nobody wants him. But but it will not be a surprise to me if we see another run from Bernie in flippin' 2024. I mean, he'll probably die before then, but like... That's the other thing about Bernie is that no one wants to vote for him because nobody wants a president to die halfway through their term, you know, because that's a hassle. And, like, you know, with with FDR, he was president for so long because there was no term limits. So, like, he just died. So, like, you know, Bernie Sanders, he he looks like he's about to kick the bucket. He looks like he's on death's door. Like, I'm not giving off a guy. And it's not just that he's old, but you've got to give off, uh, uh, you know, the appearance of life. You know, you've got to be like, yeah, I'm old, but... I can handle this, you know, like Joe Biden. I look at Joe Biden, I'm like, yeah, he's he's kind of old, but he's 100% there and he's ready to take 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 this on for America, you know? He's ready to be our our leader, you know? He's ready to be the president, you know? But like Bernie Sanders, I don't think the I don't think the guy's going to live another week. He's he's like so frail and and tired looking and just like Again, it's nothing about like the politics of these people. They're they're probably fine. I don't know, but like well, their personalities—that's important—is to have like a a care- to be like likable. You know, that's the point, right? To secure the people's vote, you have to be you have to be cool. You know, you you gotta be you got you gotta be a likable person. That that's really important. Policy is also important, but personality is equally important, I would say. Anyway, uh, it's 4.48, so there's 12 minutes left. Uh, no trivia question this week. Um, I won't be having Kip back anytime soon. That's a real shame. Uh, I guess just because, like, he's he's kind of closed-minded, and ...doesn't seem to be able to form a unique opinion on anything. Like, for instance, there was a really interesting moment right before he left... he's like... ...I don't like Ghostbusters because it's referenced too much in TV shows and movies. And then he's like... Well, I like Rick and Morty, it can, make, it, it can reference Ghostbusters as much as it wants. So... ...he likes Rick and Morty, but not Ghostbusters. That's that's kind of telling there. It kind of speaks to, like, the extent to which you'll defend one really terrible and stupid thing over a really good thing. Don't get me wrong. I think Ghostbusters is referenced too much as well. I'm sick of Ghostbusters references. But the solution isn't to hate Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters on its own is a really awesome and cool movie. The solution is to stop consuming the shit that references other Shit, endless repetitive cycle like Rick and Morty or Inside Job. Stop watching this fucking garbage and think about the media you consume. That's the main takeaway here. Uh, I think my comic R- Rock and Marcus really struck a nerve with Kip because, uh, there's one panel where Rock says, I have never thought about th- this much about the media I consume. That, you know, I, th- I think Kip kind of saw that and he kind of realized, Oh dang, that's me, I'm a mindless consumer, I don't think about the things I watch. I'll, I'll shovel any drivel down my throat with no taste or, or regard or reservation, you know? That's like... It, it. It's a very, like, scathing parody, it's really, like... It, it's still one of my best comics, seriously, send in for it if you haven't read, it's, it's great the piss out out of Rick and Morty. It just totally like owns it. But in it, I explained pretty straightforwardly the difference between traditional broadcast television and uh, streaming services like Netflix and how streaming services are by default unhealthy. Uh, But for whatever reason, this seemed to pass right over Kip's head. Uh, As as All-Star says, he ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. And uh, Oh, man, Rock and Marcus is a classic. If you haven't read it seriously, check it out. Really fun. Uh, <laughs> Rock says, Wow, today's lesson is a lot more thought-provoking than usual. Usually we just discuss pseudo-intellectual stuff, such as spoon people. That's pretty funny. Uh, Rockin' Marcus is great. I, 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 really th- I really like how much I, I'm able to, like, shit on something. Uh, really, like, parody something to the point where... I think the best parodies, like the, the really funny ones, go so hard into a property that by the end you're like, why did I ever like this? There are very few uh, parodies that go in that deep. Like, attack the source material that much. Blazing Saddles is one. It takes a giant shit all over Westerns to the point where, by the end of it, any fan of Westerns will be like, What did I, what was I thinking? Why do I watch all these crappy fucking Westerns? Mel Brooks opened my eyes. I think that's what Rockin' Marcus does. Marcus is a contemporary classic myself. It's, like, really good. Uh, so check it out. Oh yeah, and there's the page where I draw Alan Moore, and Neil Gaiman, and Terry Pratchett. And I called Douglas Adams, Dugness Prindick. It's pretty funny. Man, it's a classic. Garble-lorble-derp-derp. I suppose maybe it, it just offends people who can't accept that some of the things they watch aren't, aren't like the best. And they've got to like defend this trash to the to the living end. It's it's the hill they've got to die on. Oh, Rick and Morty. Oh, I I can't just admit that my taste isn't that good and I have no standards for what I watch. I got I got defend it defended as like this avant-garde fourth wall dimensional barrier, masterpiece of ingenuity and cleverness, oh my gosh, I'm so clever for investing all my time into Rick and Morty and buying the Rick and Morty flavor Pringles and getting the Rick and Morty skin in Fortnite, I'm so unique and special, oh my god. I'm part of the counterculture because I watch Rick and Morty. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, at this point, uh, the culture is so oversaturated with Rick and Morty that It's really not the counterculture anymore, and uh, it's become the mainstream. So if you want to support the actual counterculture, then uh, buy Nicholas Comics, because right now Nicholas Comics is the counterculture. That that might not be the case in, like, seven years or something. There might be a point where Nicholas Comics become mainstream enough not to be the counterculture. But uh, right now they definitely are the counterculture because they're not on Adult Swim, and, uh, they're sold through the mail. And what could possibly be more fuck the system than that, am I right? Uh, a, a total gosh dang subversion of expectations, that's what I say. Uh, I, you know, not, not everything is the counterculture forever, but it's cool to be a part of the counterculture while it is that, you know, like... Woodstock '99 is a pretty good example of, uh, you know, something that once was counterculture going mainstream, or like, uh, you know, I mean, counterculture only lasts for so long before it goes mainstream. But uh, that said, it's currently 4:54. Uh, what what else happened this week in Nicholas Comics News? One one thing before uh, the, the end of the episode. Oh yeah, I've submitted some of, my, uh, some of my stuff to a local magazine, if it gets in print, some of my art. So that ought to be really exciting. I'm not going to say which one it is. You can try and guess that for yourself. But a local art magazine, I've submitted my stuff. Maybe I'll see it in print, that'd be pretty cool. The only downside is that they say they can only pay with Venmo, so I guess, I guess I'll just be submitting my art for free to see it in print. And have it distributed all throughout Denver in a bunch of different locations. That'll be pretty cool. So I've given that a try. Watch out for that. It might not happen. But again, it might. Who knows? It'd be pretty cool if it did. Uh, I think I'm am shocked by the, the amount of Denverites who don't know about Nicholas Comics. They're the, they're the they're the most happening comics in Denver you now. They're like the ultimate Denver sensation. They're they're the Denver sensation that's sweeping the nation. And the fact that so many people here in Denver don't know about Nicholas Comics, I mean, that's a shame, for gosh sakes. Uh, They're part of the city's identity and heritage, so check them out. Write to Nicholas Cicada, 1424 Columbine Street, number one, Denver, Colorado, 80206. If you want some of those fresh, steaming comics. Also, the comic, The Divine Tapestry, coming out very soon. Uh, I've made a slight alteration to the schedule in which it'll be released, which I'll be updating everyone on shortly. But it is getting drawn, and it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Knock your socks off, totally electric, fantastic, uh, top-notch. It's gonna be a really flippin' good comic, so, can't wait for that. Always fun to get on the comics grind and get these comics out. Oh yeah, and I got I got another album full of cool uh, tunes coming out soon. Um, so yeah, and there's a new episode of VHS Crazy. I know VHS Crazy is one, of, one of, a fan favorite series. So one episode of that, it's been a couple months since the last episode. I'm trying to get more of those put out. It is quite the task to review all this stuff, but. It, maybe I'll uh, buy, Maybe if I sell some comics here, I'll, uh, I'll buy, like, Neuromancer and a uh, review of that. I think Neuromancer sounds pretty cool. Might read that next. I think uh, cyberpunk is cool. I'm working on a cyberpunk novel. No spoilers, but it's pretty cool. I don't even know that much about the genre, but I'm willing to try my hand at it. And uh, I might read Neuromancer to get kind of familiar with the conventions of it and whatnot. Uh, Lots of other projects in the works, lots of other content in the works, lots of other stuff going on. Like I said, I I uh, I might invest in a copy of Neuromancer. Especially with Cyberpunk 2077 out, that game looks like trash, am I right? That game looks like fucking filth. And to think that Cyberpunk has fallen from Blade Runner and Neuromancer to flipping... Cyberpunk 2077 is an embarrassment to the genre, so my new cyberpunk novel is gonna breathe some life back into it for gosh sakes. It's, it's gonna be cool. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be Gibson-esque, baby. It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be dictac dictastic. Not like dick-tastic, but like Philip K. Dictastic. Anyway, that's gonna do it for uh yeah, this episode. It's 458. No trivia question this week, but if you want a chance of winning a free comic next week, hop on the Q&A, ask some questions, get some answers, and yeah, pretty interesting overall. That's going to do it uh, for this week. It's a shame Kip has decided to go cold turkey on these, because I think open communication over the internet is always very interesting and productive, but... I suppose some people just prefer to ignore their problems for as long as possible and hope they'll go away. Nicholas Comics, forever. Do you want to be on the show? Join the Nicholas Comics Discord server today. I'll answer any questions you have, you can appear in the next episode. If you want to buy Nicholas Comics, Great to Nicholas Game, 1424 Columbine Street, number 1, Denver, Colorado, oh, yeah. 80206. Oh, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you on the next episode.